Hola, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including BoJack Horseman, which we'll be getting into today. Uh, I'm Alex Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Sam Quattro. Hello. And Steve Zeck. Hello. And uh, we will be continuing our coverage of Season 4 of BoJack Horseman with uh, this recap of the fourth episode of the season, uh, titled Commence Fracking. So we're, you're going to hear that word a lot in this episode. And uh, as evidenced by the title, it's focused mostly on Mr. Peanut Butter's campaign, although we also get some uh, treatment of the relationship between Bojack and his uh, daughter, Hollyhock, uh, uh, Hollyhock, and also talking about uh, Princess Carolyn and Ralph, how their relationship is going as well. So we have uh, three main plot lines in this, uh, in this episode to discuss, so I guess we'll just begin generally. W- which of the plot lines... Uh, were interested you the most or had the most substance do you feel uh, let, let's start with steve uh, which one interested you, you the most of these three? Oh, hmm well i guess the one interests me normally is uh bojack's story um introduces well doesn't introduce but it it co- continues on a new character holly who i like so far i really like her and I know when we and focus on new character, I'm just gets me more interested, and it has some really funny bits here, like with uh, that Marcy girl and what and um oh seeing old Bojack's exes from that time in 1999. I love though the gag though when they tease like we're gonna do a flashback to 1999, and Holly's like, no, no, I don't need a long long flashback. I thought a nice real reference because sometimes I, I felt the same way like. So many flashback episodes. Sometimes you need a break. Just tell us what we need to know, and let's move on. Uh, okay, so you're you're a fan of Hollyhock. Uh, it seems that you, you focus more on the the humor of that side, and I agree that, that there's a lot of jokes to to go on that. Although we'll also talk a bit more about how that relationship is developing over the course of this episode. But uh, oh. Sa- um, Sam, uh, what about you? Which 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 of the three plot lines uh, caught your eye the most in this episode? I mean, I have to agree. I really enjoyed Bojack's and the Hollyhocks uh, plotline. I think because, like, <laughs> I I really like Hollyhock. I think she's adorable. And um, uh, what you and me were saying in episode uh, three, that podcast, how you know, sort of like she's like really a realistic sort of you know teenage girl, and that's something. I really appreciate it. I think this episode better showcases just like how, you know, just how like, you know, real and like down to earth and like, you know, quote unquote normal Hollyhock is. And, you know, especially like how like much a Bojack she has in her. Like, it's like a lot. You, you can definitely tell that they're a father and daughter. But yeah, that that's definitely, you know, the one that caught my eye the most. I mean, mostly because, you know, stuff like, uh, fertility and uh, fracking don't really uh, make me go wild. So, yeah, I agree that especially like, make it three for three. But <laughs> yeah, just like BoJack Horseman, the, the show it's it, it prides itself on emotional depth, and I, I think the Hollyhock relationship is where mm-hmm. that stands out the most. Like uh, seeing how Hollyhock reacts to BoJack's treat a uh, treatment of of woman. Also, near the end, like it actually ends up making a slight change in his actions because of what he did to Hollyhock. So that's a nice sign to see that it, uh, he still has moments of being able to show empathy for others. 
but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a complex relationship that that they're showing here, and uh, it's uh, I think that has the most to dig into as we go through that plot line. Uh, I also just want to sh shout out to Peanut Butter Diane, mostly for the uh, for just seeing Diane's uh, tension grow through, throughout this episode, and uh, it's it's a callback to how we've seen her act in times of passion in in previous seasons, like for example the Hank Papopoulos um, episode that. It gave a lot of vibes uh, compared to that one, but I, I think Bojack definitely stands out here. And uh, oh. uh, I, I guess we can we, we can treat this plotline by plotline. So I guess we'll start with with that one. The, the episode actually just begins straight up from where we ended in the last episode. Bojack basically saying, "I, I can't offer you parental advice or love or a anything fatherly." So just being very straight up with her. And but it seems that Hollyhock doesn't really care about that. He he only cares about wanting to fi find her her mother. And so it's an interesting way to like force them to be together. Like he's not actually interested in Bojack. Or, 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 I I guess is this is the re direction we kind of expected, right? Based on just how distant they both been from each other, or were you expecting uh, Hollyhock to be a bit more um, interested in being with Bojack? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm sure maybe she's heard of some uh, in the tablets or what kind of person Bojack is. But I kind of wonder though, maybe she's putting up a front here. But maybe down the line, we might find out that she really wanted a relationship with him, and we're just doing a front to find her, her like birth mom. Um, do you agree with that, Sam? That this is like mostly a veneer, or do you think it's true that she actually doesn't care about Bojack at all at this point? Uh, I think it's, like, you know, nice to have, you know, somebody that she's blood-related to, but like she said, she has eight dads, mm -hmm. <laughs> so she doesn't really need another dad in her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, she she seems to go with that motivation. Um, also, there are a couple of gags here, like the, the cut-off flashback. I, I like the 1999, and then it just cuts off immediately. But I think this that sounded like some Backstreet Boys. Yeah, I think that was what they were going for, or slow R and B, maybe. I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, also, I don't, know, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was uh, that song, 1999. Well, that was recorded in 1984 or something like that. So that was 1982. Count. But <laughs> yeah, but uh, also there's a, a name drop of Josh Radner. Uh, anybody get that joke? Uh Josh Radner. I think no, that was Brad Renfro. Uh, I don't know. Well, uh, it seems he played he's... Ted in How I Met Your Mother, so that must be the connection, <laughs> just the oh. whole mother plot. But yeah, how soon we forget, since I think that show just ended like two two or three years ago, right? <laughs> but uh, um, I don't know. Yeah, so we have that. Then uh, she basically sort of manipulates Bojack into getting her to stay, like, oh, I hope there are no murders on my way to the <laughs> hostel. <laughs> and uh, So adorable. So, so we have a new resident of the couch uh, replacing Todd, uh, and Hollyhock is added to the intro. So, so that was that was nice. Um, so yeah, and then once the intro plays, uh, we we go to the other plot lines. But sticking with Hollyhock, the next time we see her, she's making pop tarts in the microwave without taking the foil off, wanting to do it popcorn oh my God, style. What a dummy. Stephen <laughs> uh, uh, Bojack. Or... Yeah, I guess this is just another callback to like just how similar she is to Bojack and like really putting the most minimal effort possible <laughs> into things. That's probably something Bojack would do. Just like, oh, I wanted to make a pop, 
oh, I wanted to make a Pop-Tart popcorn style. Why can't I do that? It's called a Pop-Tart, isn't it? <laughs> like, I can totally see him doing that. Whoa, you're right. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, we, we see that, and then that, that leads him to go out and look for her, uh, her mother. Um, Bojack initially brings up Marcy, president of the Bojack fan club. Uh, apparently, this uh, happened 18 years ago, so she seems like the likely candidate. Uh, we end up going to her, her house. She's a, a, obviously very loony, as fan club people are usually portrayed in, in shows such as this. Uh, Marcy, I, I think she falls flat to me just because of how, like, I guess how little she's used, but also just, like, basic crazy person. But did you guys enjoy her? Not really. You, Steve? I don't know. She just seemed like, oh, I'm Marcy, I wanted to fuck Bojack, blah, blah, blah. Like, whatever. Yeah, it was very Next. basic. But, right, but, yeah. uh, you, Steve? I, I agree she was kind of generic. Though... She did sort of, they got me, sort of fooled me for a moment, though, because her hair might have been, like, a good DNA match for Holly and, you know, but... No, see, I I was curious about this. Have we seen humans give birth to animals? Well, I'm sure we have, like, some half-breeds in this show, um, in this universe, so that was possible. Well, yeah, um... Didn't Diane get pregnant? She got pregnant by Mr. Peanut Butter. What? No. I, I... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that happened uh, last season, but she got. Oh, right, 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 right. But um, remember uh, Charlotte and uh, what's it like her husband? Like she had a a doe uh, child right, and right. a child. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, so it can happen. Okay. I guess. Yeah. At, oh, at first, that threw me off. Like, how is this plausible? But I, I guess thinking back to other episodes, this kind of makes sense. But um, so yeah, we have uh, eventually Hollyhock realizing that Marcy is lying based on a very convoluted uh theory around autumn in New York. Uh, never seen it. Never heard Me of it either. <laughs> I I never heard of it either. Uh, I so. I did like the line of like, wait, that's a summer dress. Guess I don't know dresses. <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> like a very weird detail to like focus on, but she saw it. And so uh, Hollyhock asks uh, Bojack to distract her to steal their scrapbook. And, of course, his way of distracting Marcy is having sex. Ah, uh, I knew it. Yeah, so um, it's okay. This is what mommy and daddy do. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, fortunately, uh, Bojack eventually finishes and <laughs> get out with the, uh, with the scrapbook. Um, so then they they move on to go visit Tilda Madison. I think this scene is pretty interesting just because uh, like the topic of abortions is is brought up here. Uh, Tilda got the abortion. Eventually, uh, Bojack comes out and says, "Well, you don't want any more Bojacks fly- lying around." And uh, Hollyhock takes offense to this, and Bojack just kind of makes it worse by says, "But but really, if we could go back and prevent it, uh, just." And it, it, but it's it, the line stuck out to me just because like how much they've been pushing uh, so f- just so far in the, in these two episodes how similar Hollyhock is to Bojack and Bojack recognizes yeah I, I don't want any more of me being around so it's just interesting that he he's already projecting that onto Hollyhock uh, did did you guys take it that way or uh, am I am I reading too much into this? Uh, I took it of him just. Uh... Just being guilty of, of his life. And he pretty much doesn't want this cycle to continue as we kind of saw a little bit 
episode two that this sort of is a cycle in this family and you know can continue with holly to then to her then her kid and then so on this curse may still continue but what i really liked though was the uh time medium joke i thought that was funny definitely a good gag also just at the end your show sucks it should be called tedium (laughs) So just com- combining the, the two things. Um, but you, Sam, how did you feel about this scene of the whole abortion thing messing up with Hollyhock? Um, like, did it land at all, I, or was it... I mean, the whole, like, thing with Bojack, you know, sort of, like, fucking up, like, oh, you know, don't need any other, like, little Bojacks running around. Like, that sucked, and, you know, Bojack's an asshole, and clearly doesn't really think before he speaks... Uh, the whole, like, you know, stuff with her getting an abortion is like, eh, whatever. I don't know. Just is what it is. Yeah, I, I think it, the, the, like, the line of Bojack responding to the abortions is more interesting than actually having aborted. Since we've already brought up the topic in the past of Bojack paying for abortions, so that's not anything new. But, uh, so, yeah, uh, Hollyhock gets annoyed with, with him and eventually just uh, gets out of the car. I don't need you anymore. Have a bad life. Joke's on you. I already have one. <laughs> so, relatable there. Uh, but, so, and then the next time we see them, uh, it's Bojack's just alone in his house. He looks at the microwave and I guess this reminds him of Hollyhock and gives him the impetus to go look for the woman in the scrapbook. I don't know, like, just that that little scene of him looking at the microwave and that being the thing to set him off, it felt a little weird to me, but, um, I don't, I don't know about I don't know. Maybe it was just, like, you know, she gotta, she gotta fix this microwave. She fucked up my microwave, I can't let her go. <laughs> that, that, that would be a BoJack-style thought. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, for, uh, in any case, he, it ends up being, I guess, the right thing to do, just, like, fulfilling her, uh, her desire to like find, look for these women and see if any of them have any information. Um, lots of door slamming. Uh, I particularly like the line of with Tanya Harding, "Seeing you always leaves me weak in the knees." <laughs> oh my god! Oh, oh my! Oh, I just got that joke now. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, Tanya Harding jokes expired about fifteen years ago, but uh, oh well. So some of us will still get it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so eventually he catches up to Hollyhock, uh, but uh, Hollyhock breaks breaks down, like trying to figure out like why she's even doing this in the first place. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, she has eight dads, and she says she's been fine for seventeen years just with that. And then uh, Bojack lets out the line that basically reflects what he's learned over these past couple of seasons, uh, at least to him: uh, if give give up on looking for enough because it will never be enough. And Obviously, Hollyhock takes this like you're you're so bad at this, <laughs> but um, I guess it's it's an interesting look on Bojack's personality so far, right? The, as we've discussed several times, just his idea of whenever he faces difficulty, he ends up losing any uh, desire to put effort into things. He just g- gives up, as it, realizing that he's not going to be filled. But um, uh, how do you feel about Hollyhock already receiving this this kind of education from Bojack on life? I mean, like, damn, she's 17. She doesn't need, like, you know, the existential dread of a 50-something-year-old. 
But then again, I, I guess Bojack doesn't really recognize that, you know, other people aren't him sometimes. You know, like other people don't think the way that he does and other people don't, um, I guess, adhere to like his like, you know, personal rules and like personality and stuff. So I don't know. It kind of like it sucks that, you know, Hollyhock has like, you know, the dose of Bojack depression already. But, you know, hopefully things will turn around from here. Yeah, I I just hope um, she does take doesn't get too close to Bojack and gets like betrayed or like what happened to Penny or to Sarah Lynn. You know, you just you know want him to. I don't want her to be like uh, to have like a tragic end to this to this her to her character. I'm not saying she's gonna die or anything, but you get the point that you know. Last time we see her, will be she'll be in a very bad place. She's right, and it's interesting as well. Like the fact that uh, she he's projecting this, like Sam says, like he mentions, if you have any of the horseman gunk, it's like he he assumes this because he feels that he's that he knows that they're related. So he's already thinking, well, she's gonna think the same way eventually. Might as well tell her now. But obviously, that's not essentially the thing she needs to hear. <laughs> at that moment but at the same time he still wants to keep her around so he mentions oh well there's one person we haven't looked for yet uh carla mercedes benz brown <laughs> and the, the episode like it, at least that plot line it ends very abruptly there just like her buying that it's like sure we'll, we'll stay along for the fine mercedes benz brown <laughs> oh bojack being bojack uh, he just he lies sometimes to get people around. I mean, he's done that before. He did that to Todd like in season one with his little when he sabotaged his opera. That's true. That's true. It's a, yeah. it's been a method he's used in the past. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're we're already build building on the relationship that uh, BoJack is oh. d- developing with Hollyhock here. Um, yes, yeah, Steve. Yeah, I want to just oh, I just realized maybe use that character actor Marlo. Miller, the Margot Martindale, Margot Martindale, like you, to play, to to play her Hollyhock's mother, maybe. Do, uh, you would do that, but she imagined that. I just thought that'd be funny. Okay, that or, would be a no. good idea, but she might be dead. Yeah, and also she might be too old for the part. True. <laughs> you can have fun writing that fan fiction. Uh, I will endorse it, but. <laughs> um. So so yeah, that that, that plot line ends there. So it interesting stuff to le- to leave on but uh, uh, the the title of the episode is commence fracking so you would think that peanut butter diane is the a plot although it ends up feeling like the b plot because of how emotional the other side is but i, I guess we should begin talking about that uh, um mr peanut butter and diane uh well I, I i guess i guess we'll start from the beginning here too and lead up to where it <laughs> where it ends up but uh, um, it opens with Peanut Butter and Diane having bad sets, uh, um, and that seems to be a theme that keeps going through the rest of the episode. Uh, uh, it's not exactly the way I would have expected tension to be displayed, but all right. Um, Them having sex is something I never needed to see, nor that I ever wanted to see. I just, oh. I don't, I don't need that image. I think it's yeah. worse at the end, though. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, so. Oh, yeah. But yeah, sexuality, for for better or for worse, ends up being a a, a theme throughout this entire plotline. But 
Yeah, they 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 can't really finish. Uh, peanut butter goes through a standard uh, political talk, right? Like I realize I'm good at people liking me. Uh, nothing anyone says during a campaign matters. When you get in office, you can do whatever you want. Ba basically, things we've already talked touched upon in the past two two ep uh, past episodes that have talked about his campaign. But it's interesting, Diane. Like it. it pushes here on what she feels about this she's like i'm happy for you but do you have to be the pro fracking candidate it's like it's pushing on this whole like diane trying to be supportive but at the same time disagreeing with like the very thing that making P mr peanut butter happy um i well it, how do you just feel about this general theme um of diane just like pretending to be supportive i guess or is it pretending or is it just is it more nuanced than that? Uh, Sam, how do you feel? I think she definitely wants to be supportive, but it's like she feels trapped in this role of like wife. Sometimes I feel like where, you know, she has to, you know, be supportive of her husband and she has to, you know, do this, that, and the other for like the sake of like, you know, love or whatever vow that they took or whatever. But, you know, obviously it doesn't always pan out that way. You know, obviously she isn't, feeling like she supports whatever's going on especially like in terms of like fracking which is like you know very controversial and uh you know bad thing <laughs> as i've read <laughs> um and like i know it, it definitely is just like a cause for tension and just like you know really is like tearing a lot of things apart along with like the other issues in their relationship so yeah i don't know dude yeah yeah, Diane, she's always sort of had a problem of, of from the beginning, she's, she is not like the breadwinner of the family. She's always sort of been dependent on Mr. Peanut Butter. And so she's sort of, so only so much she can do. So I kind of, I kind of always kind of feel bad for that. I hope maybe it will come a day when Diane gets like big success at something when she earns like lots of money and she has as much power as Mr. Peanut does financially in the relationship. Well, it, it's interesting, right? Because Diane isn't portrayed one way or the other as good or bad in, in this episode. But like the, she she has her issues towards Mr. Peanut Butter, but there, there's justification all around. So it, it's definitely an, an interesting take on like where she is in this relationship. And uh, in reference to what you said about the wife thing, Sam, like later on, Katri uh, Katrina, her campaign manager, is like, uh, you have to be supportive. Uh, uh, shut up yeah. and be pretty or let your marriage implode. Like for her, for Katrina, those are the only two options, right? Uh, so, but it, it's, it, so it's interesting to see how Diane is going to keep that up for the, for the rest of this campaign. Um, yeah, especially since Diane is like, you know, really, uh, I don't know, like... A feminist, obviously. I was going to say like modern feminist, yeah. like, which is like a given. But, you know, like she, you know, doesn't want to like fall into the roles that society has placed like her, you know, labels and like, you know, wife, uh, you know, wife has to be supportive, uh, domicile, you know, submissive. And, you know, obviously that's not Diane at all. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, how, you know, the society and, you know, in effect... California's, you know, view of like you know what you know wifehood should be, is in comparison to like how Diane sees it. Yeah, and that's why the the line "shut up and be pretty" stood out to me because that that is basically like the an anti 
fem modern feminist take. The, like, that's all wives have to do. Whereas uh, Diane feels she can do more, but uh, Mr. Peanut Butter's campaign is hindering whatever progress Diane can make in, in her field. So, but, um, but yeah, uh, Diane takes this tension to work. <laughs> her, her boss notices. Uh, also, there's a line here of a, I wanted to point out cor corners or the patriarchy. That, I mean, that just feels like throwing words together, but all right. <laughs> I guess. Um, so they go to the hot take cool down yoga area. Uh, oh, my uh, God. Just, just, just all like very hipster to names for normal things, but. Um, so yeah, Diane expresses how she wants things to go back to normal. That that seems to be her her main deal. And uh, but the boss is like, well, you got to do you. Who's doing you? Because right now, no one's doing you. <laughs> but so it's like ha that that statement is half sexual, but also half like you got you got to take a stand at some point if Mr. Peanut Butter isn't going isn't going to. Oh, can I, can I just say, I love Diane's boss. She is hilarious. Yeah, she does have a lot of good lines in this scene right yeah. here. Right here, also like <laughs> fr fracking. It's fun to say frack, 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 frack. <laughs> but just like making fun of the fact that like uh, fracking is a topic we know about, but we don't actually know what it is. <laughs> we just know the name. But uh, um, so so we see that eventually this leads Diane to publish uh, an article, right? The the case against fracking. And Mr. Peanut Butter, in response, has to let people drill in his backyard <laughs> as part of the challenge that Diane puts in there. So you're already seeing that that's starting to become public. And but the episode ends in the very in the dark room where Diane is writing now one uh, an article against Mr. Peanut Butter specifically, and she essentially black blackmails him. Right? It's like I'll only publish this if you drop out. Did you feel like this is a bit strong coming from Diane, or is this something that you would expect her to end up doing? Um, Steve, how do you feel about this course of action? Hmm. I think she definitely would. At the very least, she would now. It's definitely the BoJack influence, definitely. Um, I do feel oh, the, the trailer, though, they got us. They got us when they showed... Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane have their little physical yeah, fight. Yeah, I, I guess we'll we'll, we'll get just, to that, right? Because, okay. but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they they have they have a fight that that we did predict fairly yeah. um straightforwardly, right? But it it ends it ends up being just uh, angry sets. <laughs> uh, but, uh, we we were expect I guess a lot of us were expecting this to end up being something a bit more serious, like. Uh, like dealing with maybe domestic violence or something along those lines. But uh, yeah, it just ends up going back to the original theme of sets. Uh, I, I feel like this storyline could have done more with, with what, what it had and didn't really build, build on it. I think that's what makes it lacking compared to the Bojack Hollyhock storyline. But uh, what about you, Sam? Do you feel that like th this is an appropriate way to end it or... Uh, or I, I, I mean, given the way that they set it up, I guess... I don't know personally. You know, from seeing you know this this like struggle scene in the trailer, I was disappointed in how this went. You know, I wasn't really expecting it to be just like you know comments on you know their sex life and uh, how you know how they weren't having sex and how the political campaign was you know uh, hindering their relationship on all fronts and you know blah blah blah. 
but I, I, like I wasn't expecting it the end note to just be you know angry sex hate sex I wasn't expecting that and I kind of didn't want that either I did like though that Katrina can hear in the next room it's like she kind of in a way she kind of got her come upping so for what you said earlier to Diane about wanting, wanting to see their marriage fail. I, I guess so. Although at the same time, yeah. like th- this conclusion feels more just like delaying the, the inevitable. Yeah. Like, uh, it, you're. It's only episode four of a 12 episode season, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's a bit early, but it's just, it, it feels like you end up recurring to sets to avoid actually talking about the issue at hand. Like, they have their little fight, but they don't really end up at a conclusion. It just ends up being, frack me, Mr. Peanut Butter. Like, oh, and. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Peanut Butter is someone who does bottle stuff up. If you remember before when he had like and like when he hosted that game show, he kind of knew of some stuff Bojack's done over the years. He he was not as naive to Bojack as he perceived, and he finally like exploded in his own way. So you know, Mr. Peanut Butter, he's a guy who represses his feelings, his negative feelings, and, got, and which I don't is not very healthy. Yeah, I'd agree that it is interesting. Like here is where he airs his uh, his uh, annoyance with Diane that she always ends up airing dirty laundry when there's an issue within their uh, the, uh, their marriage, calling back to other ep- other episodes in the past where she's talked about this with other people. So in that sense, I, uh, you're right that it does drop a hint of just like how this uh, campaign is putting more pressure since it's adding more tension, and he doesn't exactly want to express his emotions in that way maybe the sets is where they're going to express it i don't know <laughs> but it, yeah. at least to me it just feels like a temp a temporary stop and like not exactly the conclu- not it's not a, a very satisfying conclusion but like you say we're also only four episodes in so i guess it's necessary to have something to delay it but yeah it, it wasn't the best ending of these plot lines uh i kind of just wondered though if at this rate though Diane might get pregnant again, I'm hoping maybe um Mr. Peanut Butter. I wonder if he had a bisectomy by now, because clearly they don't want to have a kid. So I'm gonna keep doing that. Take precautions. Interesting. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the 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 Diane Peanut Butter relationship uh, that that plot line ends there very suddenly. Um, but then we have the C plot, which is Princess Carolyn and Ralph. Um, here we're focusing more on, uh, uh, more specifically on having a baby, calling back to what the ending of episode one, where they talk about uh, the miscarriage and trying to have it again on purpose. So they go oh. to the gynecologist, the return of the albino rhino gyno. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just say that three times fast. Uh, a couple, a couple of funny lines here, like the "How many eggs do I have?" More than Harry Potter movies, but fewer than James Bond movies. Uh, I particularly enjoyed that one. Um, we have the the "I ovulate" voiced by Harvey Firestein. Uh, I think "creepy" is the best way to submit <laughs> that that gadget. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't want Harvey Firestein just uh, you know telling you when your uh, best ovulation time is? Let's put a baby yeah. in you. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, 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 you're yes. killing me. Uh, by the way, before we go on, I just was my one opportunity to. I got a compliment, Princess Caroline's voice actress, 
because this character has so has so many tongue twisters in this series. So many. So it's a miracle. How I wonder how many takes she gets to get all these lines, all these tongue twister lines she has to say. And I think also Amy Sedaris is is great at giving uh, the uh, the speeches, and she particularly gives a good one in the restaurant scene where she's like yeah. talking about how Filbert is gonna grow up one day to be a, a tr- I think a trombone player or a, something in the band, and even Ralph is just like, whoa, whoa, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't impregnate me now, Filbert will never exist. Huh. So yeah, um, pr- pr- uh, how do we just feel about Princess Carolyn being this um, this urgent in in needing to ha- have a have a baby? Like, uh, I know in in, ep- in the episode one pod, uh, we talked a little bit how it felt kind of out of nowhere, even though it's been hinted at throughout the past couple of seasons. But just the urgency, uh, Sam. How how do you feel about this in line with Princess Carolyn's character? I mean, I could definitely see it, especially, like, not just, like, with her character, but it's, like, this whole thing, you know, the biological clock is ticking, you know, blah, 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 you know, you gotta have a baby before uh, menopause sets in, and, um, well, Princess Carolyn's, like, what, mid-40s by now, and so I guess, you know, something she's probably feeling, and she's, I'm pretty sure she's expressed this in the past, like, a lot of, like, regret in her life, and a lot of you know, things that she didn't do and a lot of, you know, things that she wished she could do. And I think this is one of them. I think, you know, I, I don't know, dude, I think that, you know, maybe not having a family is something that she deeply regrets. Um, maybe not from like a societal standpoint, since, you know, society says, you know, women, you gotta have babies, blah, 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 you know, fuck your careers. Um, and obviously Princess Carolyn said, okay, whatever to that. And, you know, became a really successful agent and now manager. But I don't know, I guess it makes sense to me that like, she would want, you know, a family to take care of and like a family to take care of her because she's just been alone for the most part for like what, since the nineties, probably her whole life. So it makes sense to me. Yeah. And all those years taking care of Bojack, I think she's definitely prepared for motherhood. <laughs> but uh, though I do actually seriously, though I do hope though, if she's able to have a kid though, she's not going to be so like, so like completely like focused on her career that she's going to be neglectful. If she wants this kid so badly, you be a good mother. Don't be like uh, like Bojack's mom, like Beatrice. Who has her reasons, but we all know that. But you know, but I, I really think Princess Caroline, though she, she can do it, though she can do both. I have full confidence in her that she can, she can be a great mom and continue a great career. My hats off to you, Princess C. Yeah, and I, I did find it interesting <laughs> that as we've talked about, like her, her career is really why she's been delaying all this. And it's interesting in this entire plot line, aside from like a, a throwaway gag about her talking about Tim Burton and Mars Attacks, like her, her job actually isn't really mentioned at all in this entire thing. So just it, it, at least for me, it's interesting since she usually brings it up at any time that she can or she takes calls while she's with other people. But here she was focused. So that that's interesting that and you'll have to see if that stays the same if she ends up having the kid. But um, yeah, so then we we move on to Ralph racing out of the restaurant with uh, Princess Carolyn. Uh, uh, then they get uh, pulled over by Officer Meow Meow. 
um, Officer Meow Meow basically just uh, very hot-headed as usual. Um, Princess Carolyn snaps back. Uh, I'm in heat. Write us a damn ticket so I can mount my boyfriend. <laughs> oh my God. And so, and also, um, he's creeped out by Harvey Firestein as well, um, and uh, resembling us all. So he arrests the the two of them, and they decide to have sets in the police car. Uh, oh. that, that'll be a story in case the, if the baby comes out yes you were conceived in the back of a police car uh, <sighs> I wonder how many people can say that I'm sure more people than we expect unfortunately <laughs> you would, yeah you would think they would they have like better handcuffs or something but <laughs> yeah, well yeah. It's, uh, at least it's not prison Oh, uh, yeah, good point, good point. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I uh, I love just the ending of this. It's just uh, um, Officer Meow Meow. It's like, I'll write you for lewd, crude, and partially nude conduct. Listen to me! And then he just hears them having sets more. And, no! <laughs> like, I, Meow, Meow Meow, I love him whenever he comes on screen. Uh, just how angry he is <laughs> all the time. But, um, yeah, I, I think this plot line is the most one that played straight mostly for laughs there isn't really much emotional stuff here but i i think it works uh, just in terms of being funny like it's entertaining enough but um yeah any final thoughts on princess carolyn and ralph here nah yeah i i think we've covered most mostly everything that was treated there uh, not that that deep so yeah, I, I think we've we've covered pretty much uh, everything in this episode. Um, in the end, where would you rank it compared to the previous three episodes of the season, Steve? Uh, it's honestly, I think it's probably b- number four, believe it or not, because it's just continuation of episode three. Other ones like really had their own little themes here. Like episode one's premiere was like. Like a like a full like Bojack free episode. Episode th- two was focused completely on Bojack and Beatrice's past. And episode three, we sort of just continue like we introduce Holly. We introduce like the overall arts of season four, and you know, and this one is just a continuation of it. Not that it's a bad episode, but you know, it just doesn't stand out as much as the other ones before it. Uh, you, Sam? I think I'll put this at number three. Um, yeah, definitely number two is the number one right now. And, uh, the Todd episode was great too. And like, I I wasn't like on the podcast for the first episode. I didn't really, really like it that much. I thought it was a pretty weak opening. Um, but yeah, I, I I think this one is just, you know, it's, it gets us going. It moves us to where we're going to go. Yeah. I, I think I lean with you, Sam. Like, uh, I, I think the Bojack Hollyhock part of this episode is what elevates it to number three, at least, because like the first episode, it, it just it jumps around everywhere and nothing really sticks out, especially compared to these past three episodes. So, yeah, I, I think third best, maybe fourth best is, is where it yeah. lands right now. And for you guys, um, does a lack of Todd plotline, does that help or hurt the episode? Um, I think it's fine because the previous episode was Todd centric, so uh, uh, I guess it, that that helps the fact that this one yeah. is without Todd. You you've already gotten your dose. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I I prefer like when Todd, you know, he's just sort of a supporting character, like you know, sort of and contributes to plot instead of being a starring in a plot. 
but that's just me. Yeah, actually, all we had of Todd here was him playing the air horn at various points, and yeah, that's a, that's a subplot for this episode. Yeah. You gotta that's gotta, a, that, gotta air horn. Yeah, that's his entire subplot, <laughs> <laughs> and that's good enough. But uh, so yeah, we'll 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 keep uh, going on through BoJack Horseman. Uh, next time we'll be uh, discussing episode five, thoughts and prayers. But uh, mm-hmm. un- until then, uh, you can find out all the info on this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can support us via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. We want to give thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Jade, a.k.a. Jewel. And uh, thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Andy, and yours truly. Um, any final thoughts before we leave here? Oh, Holly, you are just too precious. <laughs> You, you, you what the show needed after what happened last season. I mean, no one's going to replace Sarah Lynn, but, you know, he's a suitable substitute. Okay. Sam, any final <laughs> thoughts? Fracking is bad. Fracking is bad. But we can say frack a lot because it's very fun to say. Frack, frack, frack. Yeah. But, frack, <laughs> frack, 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 frack. Fricky, fricky, frack, 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 But... <laughs> So yeah, uh, well that 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 will be the end of our podcast. Uh, enjoy your fracking and thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Adios. Bye. Bye.